Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good evening, good afternoon, folks. The one and only V, the Grill Economist. We apologize for the lateness. And I'm with my main man, El Cuco, who's working the airways, making sure the, the broadcast coming out crispy and clean. You know what I mean? Check us out, roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News. Rogue News on every single podcasting app known to humanity. And our paid sponsors, mycbdedibles.com. And CJ, are they running some specials this week? It's still running. Uh, lots of orders have, have flown in the next last couple of days. So go take advantage, 20% off all products across the board. Uh, orders are caught up. The only thing we're having a small issue with is I believe that the Delta 8 gummies are sold out at this point. So those will be on back order. So hold tight for those. Absolutely. And with that being said, Siege, uh, we're going to be a bit of a freestyle today. It was just a, kind of a, a crazy morning. But I don't know where to begin. I don't know what it's, to it's talk a- about. Man, I tell you what, it's a busy, it's a busy news cycle. Lots of information uh, dropped today. So, um, one of the one of the most important story V that we've been following for not even a story, but uh, a long time is the fact that uh, Julian Assange. And uh, so uh, Taylor Hudak, who's been extensively covering uh, the entire trial of Julian Assange, uh, posted today on her Twitter account, letting know that the court will rule. Uh, tomorrow morning at 10.15 a.m., uh, Friday morning, uh, their decision on basically the extradition request from the United States. So that's that's pretty significant. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping the extradition doesn't go through and they will have no uh, recourse at that point, but then to allow Julian to to go free, and it's long overdue. Yeah, absolutely, man. It, it is uh, long overdue, and... Um... You know, I'm I'm hoping that uh, he gets free because this is stupid. It's a purely political thing. Uh, one of the guys that went after him in a very hardcore way was the one and only Pompous Pompeo. You know, and his visions of grandeur that he has about himself. You know, well, be much like many of the things that um, the, the the Q group and the people that that lived in that world and make believe. Um, How dare you, know. you say that? well you know again i think it it, you know there could have been he could have been freed by now there could have been much more pressure placed on 
the, the, the Trump administration to, to, you know, to free Assange and to end the cycle of torture of Julian. But what happened instead? You had a million plus people who believed that Julian was already, you know, working with the, with the, 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 the white, white hats, the, the crash helmets, the crash helmets, the crash helmet test dummies. Um, and that they were secretly putting all these things together to expose everything and la da la da la da and you know no one wanted to you know believe when we were saying hey it's not true and everything you know you were you were shamed and all this kind of stuff but here we are today a year later and Assange is still behind bars and this is this is happening so so tomorrow will be a very important day uh, for the courts and we'll see what happens. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, one of the things I guess I want to break down is Evergrande, and uh, everybody's, you know, taking a dump. They're all losing their bowel movements. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of unwarranted fear in the crypto markets and a whole bunch of nonsense with Bitcoin taking a dump and uh, and people, are, you know, oh, I get all the emails, you know, uh, oh, my my crypto coach and uh, uh, my person, my, my crypto, crypto coach. I'm telling, I'm telling you, got, you got these groups out there with guys who have, uh, I mean, dude, I, I get emails from people who have my crypto coach who's who's a remote viewer and my crypto coach who's a prophet of God and uh, and uh, my crypto coach who's. I'm like, who is this asshole? And 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 the the answer is somebody who doesn't work in the industry, somebody who's out there spreading all sorts of rumors. A, a lot of the rumors when I was hunting this down, this is all the Evergrande is going to cause the 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 the, the crypto winter is coming, blah, blah 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 blah, you know, and all this other stuff. And I gotta chase it down, and I, I gotta set a few things straight. Is crypto heading for a price correction? Yes. Is that what we're seeing now? No. Is Bitcoin going to have a, a, a short pullback? Yes. Is this it? No. When do you think that Bitcoin will have a pullback? Uh, well, I'm looking at late February into March. I think there's going to be a major correction coming in that time frame. And then the run-up begins to 100K. So the pullback that we're seeing right now okay, is going to be short-term, short-lived, a lot of fear and FUD was purposely spread on the internet via Reddit forums and other online blogs in the blogosphere, and it's pretty uh, pretty interesting. And it preys on the ignorance of people. And the rumor is that, oh, you know, it's going to nuke the crypto markets. Why? Because a lot of the American investment banks, <laughs> I, can't, I can't even say this without laughing. I mean, the level of ignorance—oh my god—the level of ignorance on how any of this stuff actually works. Yeah, All right, I... put on your, put on your, get your thinking caps on, get your notebooks ready. Okay, this is how it works. This, there's a rumor out there that U.S. investment banks like Merrill Lynch and 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 J.P. Morgan and all these guys bought Evergrande corporate paper. Okay, they bought that corporate paper using tether. Using what? Tether, right? Okay, I'm. And I'm tether, fine. yeah, exactly. So the, the and, and tether is tied to Bitcoin, and and they were able to get into tether and get into Bitcoin, and then being able to utilize tether to go convert to USD in order to buy corporate paper. <sighs> 
Oh. <laughs> Folks, you, you <laughs> count your lucky stars that the gorilla is here to show you the way. That the gorilla in the Econo mist is here. Folks, let me explain something to you. First of all, commercial paper is a highly regulated thing. That's first and foremost. Both in China and in the United States. Secondly, if any U.S. um, bank, let's say J.P. Morgan, Merrill Lynch, uh, what have you, were to hold corporate paper for an international company, that is something that's very highly regulated. That is something that is to be disclosed, number one. And number two, there is no friggin' way any U.S. financial institution would legally as per regulations, how do I know this? I work in the bloody industry, not like these keyboard monkeys who are out there beating off each other, talking about it's a grand conspiracy theory. It's a grand conspiracy theory. Every grand was bought using USDT. Ah. No. When you're buying, when you are regulation wise, you are not to buy. A asset utilizing crypto. Do you understand this, folks? Let me explain something to you. First and foremost, USDT is being looked at like a hawk ever since the whole USDT scandal that occurred a few years ago, where the amount of USDT did not have the dollars on reserve to back it. That had the SEC and the CFTC up USDT's rear end so hard and so deep. That there's no way that the guys that are running USDT is going to be even thinking twice about doing something stupid. Secondly, why do you think financially regulated uh, entities that are in the United States would utilize crypto in order to buy corporate paper? Let me explain something to you. J.P. Morgan, Merrill Lynch, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, every single one of these um U.S. financial entities, even family offices, okay, will be buying corporate uh, paper from any any company anywhere in the world using specific international investment vehicles, A, or B, they'll just buy it outright using a, a currency swap. It's as simple as that. Why the hell? Do you understand what I'm saying? It is more expensive for me to go ahead and procure Bitcoin, convert Bitcoin to USDT, then convert USDT back to dollars in order to buy corporate paper. When I could just send them the dollars, they give me corporate paper. It's a stupidity. And I I see this bullshit coming through my desk from emails from people panicking. And now we see the panic in the crypto market. And it's, it's beautiful. Because what's happening, again, is a feeding frenzy. How do I know it's a feeding frenzy? Because we own a node. I and my partners own a node on the Bitcoin blockchain. We see all the buys. We have a friggin' server computer set up, running a node, and we are monitoring it 24 hours, 7 days a week. The buy action on what's going on right now is tremendous. And what's happening again? Consolidation in the marketplace. That means more crypto, more Bitcoin in the hands of a few. And most of these chicken heads that are in these stupid trading rooms 
run by profits and and uh, and and remote viewers, they're dumping their coins, man. Like, what in God's name is going on? So again, is Bitcoin going to have a price correction? Yes, it's going to have a price correction. Are we witnessing that right now? No. When is it going to happen? March. Why is it March? It's a major date. It follows an algorithmic, uh, algorithmic mathematical pattern. A lot of institutions will be taking profit. It's getting close to tax season. And historically, it's always been a downturn in March. And, and, and you know, then we'll have the next big major run-up. That's what's going on in the marketplace. This Evergrande has nothing to do with what's happening in the crypto markets. Oh, my God. The crypto markets are dumping. Oh, my God. This is all connected to Tether. This is all connected to BTC. It's going to be the crypto winter. Stop it. Stop it. All of this propagated by people who don't know Jack. They don't know nothing. It's amazing to me. Absolutely amazing to me. CJ. <laughs> I I just I laugh because like, you know, what what is not a, a rigged financial system currently other than just I mean, it's difficult for me to tune into it just because everything is just so rigged. So so manip- manipulated right now. And then to there, there's not a day passes me that I don't get. Like some email or a message that hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an expert. I'm a, I'm a crypto insider. I'm an know, insider. Do, do do this today and 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 all those things. So, but yeah, I mean, it's is, is there going to be some economic uh, thing woes uh, associated with Evergrande? Yeah, there's 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 going to be. But you know, again, it's not it's not the end end of the world. Uh, it, it it will be cycled through like everything else does. Um, it's just again, you know, people who follow those on a continuous basis. I mean, you know, you got you got to pick and choose. I mean, which you know, if you're going to listen to the people that are going to be, you know, every time that this happens, the, the the sky is falling, and and you know, do it now, get out. You know, maybe once in a blue moon, be they they may be right on a certain part, but that's that's the extent of it. Uh, but I think that you nailed it in terms of understanding and being able to see what's happening in in the, in the background and giving sat, sound advice and. And direction on, on what to do. I mean, that's just, you know, it's pretty, I, I, I can't understand those people that just freak out like that every single time. It's insane because of a bunch of rumors on Reddit that are, on, and everybody ran it. Cointelegraph is running with that. Nobody has the financial acumen and understanding how these investment vehicles work in order to break down. So I had to step into the fray because why did nobody in Wall Street Journal is doing it? Nobody in Bloomberg business is doing it. I'm like, all right, fine. It's time for the gorilla and the economist to step in and lend some credence. Why? Because I'm not a crypto coach. I'm not somebody who has remote viewing powers. I really don't. All I am is a guy who works on the institutional, non-retail end of crypto and gold and silver and precious metals like platinum, palladium, and that's my thing. That's what I do. That's what I do. I've been doing it for 10 years. I've been doing it for a while. Pretty good at what I do. My price calls have been pretty vicious. People that traded, I mean, uh, Crypto Cowboy will tell you exactly how good the price calls were. I mean, there, there are several family offices that have done extremely well on my price calls. 
It's not because I'm a remote viewer. I just do. I just know what it is. It's 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 just technical know-how. It's knowing what the big boys are doing. And when one of the 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 my, the institutional partners that I deal with is one of the largest liquidity providers on God's green earth, providing Bitcoin for a hundred and uh, at this point, 175 institutions globally in 45 countries. You, you might think I might know a few things. And I know these guys on a first-name basis. It's like I have lunch with these guys. They're in town. We're having lunch. I'm in their area. We're having lunch or dinner. It's the way it is. It's a tight relationship that I have with these guys, with this, with this institution. So when they tell me, hey, V, this is what's happening. But, All right, cool. I'm going to take that. You take it to the bank, man. And these guys are not worried about little, oh, my God, one day it went from 60000 to 48000 Oh, my God. No, no, no. They're buying, baby. That's what they're doing. Why? They're consolidating. They're consolidating. And these guys, they're the ones who provide that liquidity for Coinbase and Kraken and Gemini and Huobi and they'll sell the Grayscale. They'll sell, I mean, you got – it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Crypto coaches and remote viewers and prophets of God and all this other nonsense. It's got to stop. Silliness. Pure silliness. And they prey on those that are unsuspecting. It's ridiculous. So you have these poor unsuspecting saps who've been buying their crypto day in and day out. Now they're terrified. They're, they're getting rid of it. Why would you get rid of it? Are you kidding me? Do you know what's happening to the dollar? It's the most craziest thing. It's like you're 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 detonating or abandoning a mansion that is in construction. Okay, that's what crypto is, right? It's a it is a you leverage it correctly. It is a mansion. It is a building that is in construction that is so lavish that can bring you phenomenal wealth. It could literally change your life. It, it 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 has a lot of options here. And if you play it well, you leverage it well, you do well with it, you trade it well, whatever the hell you decide to do with your crypto, whether you want to hold it, you want to trade it, whatever, it has a pretend, it has a huge upside. There's very few things in life that you can 5, 10, 15, 20, and 30x. Very few things in life, not even in stocks or bonds, nothing. And you're going to run out of this mansion that's being built and into the burning building that's the U.S. dollar. That doesn't make any sense to me. People are just dumping their crypto without any sort of any sort of knowledge or forethought as to which lateral move they need to make. The smart ones are like, oh, crypto's taking a dump. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to cash out my profits. I'm going to put it in gold and silver, and I'm going to come back in and buy. Others, want to, they're going to trade it up, and they're going to trade it down and increase their, their hodl bag. And then those who just don't care, who understand that what the end game is, guess what? They're just going to hold on to their crypto. And then, and then like two or three, before, the, before this week is even out, it'll be back up to 51. Okay? And, uh, and probably next week, we'll be back up to 53. And again, probably by the end of the following week, back up to 58 and on, onward to 60. So this Evergrande news won't be a big deal whatsoever. You yeah, understand, but, folks. Go ahead, no, you're you're right, and you know, be something that should get be getting a lot more attention. That's that's not was the the announcement a couple days ago that basically oh. that Russia 
and India have agreed to ditch the dollar V as a means of mutual This is huge. This is something that like should really shake the foundation of those who are tied specifically into your traditional 401ks, your your traditional IRAs. Uh, I'm not giving financial advice, but if, if if there's any way to find means to do either hardship withdrawals from your 401k or or loans from your 401ks to diversify out of those dollar back methods. I, I, I'm not telling you to do it, but it might be things considered as we continue to watch this march forward. And you cannot tell me that when you look at the Ukraine, when you look at the massive escalation that is occurring, all these events are unfolding together, V. And this was very significant in regards to India and, and Russia ditching the dollar, V. You know, it's amazing <clears throat> to me that this whole India-Russia thing is huge. India, when you count like the real, you know, PPI, the Purchasing Power Index, right, which is a real measure of the economy. The most these are the future markets. These are the future expanding expansion markets. These are one hundred percent. Yeah. And when you look at the PPI, which is the, it's not the perfect measurement of a GDP of a nation, but it's the closest damn thing we have to accuracy. You can't go by the GDP numbers that are put out by Western countries like the United States, where fifty percent of the U.S. GDP numbers is nothing but reshuffled debt. Okay, it's what it is. We don't have a we have a twenty six trillion dollar economy. No, you don't. You, I, I doubt the U.S. even has maybe even maybe seven trillion. Maybe, maybe seven trillion. Maybe, and if that, uh, it's a big question mark. Okay, because the majority of U.S. GDP numbers is just reshuffled debt. It's the only country in the world that measures government expenditures, GDP growth. It's the stupidest thing. That's like you emptying your bank account and saying, hey, man, look, I just increased my wealth. But you emptied your bank account. Yes, so? <laughs> You're broke. No, I'm not. Here, you want to buy an IOU for me? No. Why not? You're broke. No, I'm not. I'm expending money. It's, um, it's part of my expenditure. Expenditure equals wealth. What? On what planet? Uh, exceptional stand, planet exceptional stand. That's how we. That's how we do math. Exceptional stand. We do math. India, when you measure the PPI, is probably the third or fourth largest economy in the world. And when you're talking about the third or fourth largest economy in the world, and then Russia, which I love all these, um, these these traditional economists. <laughs> Russia's got a. A GDP the size of New York State. <laughs> and I have to laugh. <laughs> Russia's real GDP numbers, folks, is probably it's, it's, it's ahead of Germany. Let me explain something to you. Germany cannot build a space rocket that has advanced technology and then lob that into space to carry satellites and have it come back. They can't. They don't have the capability of building that. Russia does. Germany cannot, from start to finish, create an advanced next-generation fighter aircraft from nose to tip of tail from scratch. They can't do that. Russia can. Germany cannot build advanced nuclear-powered icebreakers that can break apart. There are 100,000 metric ton icebreakers that can break apart the polarized caps in the north and in the south. The north, uh, the northern Arctic Oceans and in the southern Antarctic Oceans. They don't have the capability to do that nose to tail. 
Russia can. Only an advanced economy has the capabilities of building nuclear submarines, aircraft carriers, advanced fighter aircraft, rockets, a space station, for God's sakes. So the Russian economy in reality is not a gas station. Uh, it's not what I said. Like, uh, v, v, take it easy. It's me, Obama. Uh, it's me, Barack. Uh, I said this one time, V. I said, uh, Russia's a gas station masquerading as a country. Uh, that's what I said. And I said that and I stand behind it because uh, uh, Paul Krugman, the, the guy from the New York Times, he told me everything that I need to know, V. So uh, calm it down, V. Calm it down. That's what Obama would say. Russia's not a country masquerading. It's not a gas station masquerading this country. It's a very advanced economy. So you have two economic powerhouses. You have it. And they're like, you know what? For, for our trade, we're just going to ditch the dollar. Folks, you got to understand, America has been living high off the, high off the fat, high off the hog, simply because it is the toll, it's the toll man. On the high, on the uh, on the global commerce interstate highway, the dollar is the toll man. The dollar is the lender of last resort. If Zimbabwe wants to buy plantains from Mozambique, it's going to have to first acquire dollars in order to do it. Every single time, Mozambique, Zimbabwe does that. To Ching goes the coffers of Uncle Sam. And then you got millions and billions of cha-chings happening globally because of the demand for dollars. That's what makes you live high in the hog. That's what makes you, that's what makes you, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not worry about trade deficits. That's what makes you wor- not worry about mark-to-market and price discovery and having a discipline in your equity markets. Who cares about price to uh, you know pri- you know price discovery? Who cares about mark to market? Who cares about what the underlying asset is? We're just going to inflate away. Why? Because we're we're the reserve currency of the world, baby, and that's how it ran. Because if I were to get forex reserves, if I were to get reserve dollars in order for me to get uh, you know goods and wares, I would get those goods and wares. And, and, and pay for them in dollars by getting dollars, and then the excess dollars I have, you know what I would do? I would reinvest it back into the U.S. equities market. That's how the game is played. That's how the dollar is the lender of last resort. It's, all the, it's also the importer of last resort, meaning, hey, the, do, the, the way it works is this. Hey, you know, Saudi Arabia, you know what? You, you, you want to price uh, uh, your oil in dollars? Go right ahead. And then whatever excess dollars you have from the sale of, those, of that oil, Take that excess dollars and invest it into our stock market. Why? Because we have the most liquid market on God's green earth. And countries around the world were happy to do so. It only made sense until 2008, when the world woke up and realized that the emperor has no clothes. The world finally woke up and like, you know what, this Ponzi scheme we've been running for the last 70 years, eh, I don't think it's going to work. And here we are. Two of the most powerful countries in the world have decided these are nuclear superpowers. 
Okay, these are nuclear-equipped countries saying, you know what, we are not going to partake in the dollar. You know what this means, folks? You see, India for for decades have been, has been paid off by Western interests not to develop. By them saying, "Yeah, we're done with the dollar." That is them saying, "You know what? We're not. We're going to develop now." Now, if we want to go ahead and have next generation nuclear power plants developed and made by Russia, we don't have to first worry about trying to get dollars. Because trying to get dollars has a lot of strings attached to it. What if I get sanctioned? What if they freeze my accounts? What if I what if this? What if that? There's a lot of strings. There's a lot of liability and risk in order to procure dollars first. It's a lot of liability and risk. So that, why would they do it? So now they're saying, you know what? We're not going to be, you're not going to be paying us off to not develop. Now we're going to develop. And India has a lot of catching up to do on China. A lot. And this is their first step in doing so, not utilizing the dollar siege. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And then you compound that in addition with purchasing the S-400s, which Russia has already made their first delivery. Uh, that pretty much just signifies that the deal is is sealed between India and Russia and, and away from any type of, of influence uh, with the United States uh, V. So this is it's very significant on numerous terms of 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 trade in terms of of influence, and and hence I think the reason why now the U.S. is continuing this act of uh, desperation. I mean, for for goodness sakes, like we had a, a U.S. congressperson yesterday. I can't remember. Oh my who was God, Wickerman. What who said that we that should have a first strike? Oh that we should God. have a nuclear first strike. I mean, I mean, gosh, the, the the it's so irresponsible, V, to even be putting that on the table in terms of a nuclear first strike. Um, do do they not know what that means? I mean, the ramifications from that uh, just just Only ridiculous. Only a drunk neocon loser who lives up in the, he lives in the rectal orifices of a John Bolton. Would even even mention something so stupid, and this is what kills me. Like I talk to Russians, right? They're like, "Why are you uh, American politicians so irresponsible with their talk?" Russian politicians don't talk like this. Only brazen, idiotic, moronic, hubris-filled, uneducated idiots who have no understanding of the technology, the capability, and the ferocity and the power. And the absolute world-ending capability of nuclear weapons would even mention something so stupid. You, you, I, I guess you, you can go ahead and play that clip with uh, with Tulsi, man. All right, here we go. Apologize for the lag. I'm at my office today, and uh, there's going to be a little bit of an addle. Mute that real quick. Well, that's going through. I should be able to forward it here through in a second. Dear Lord. 1.2 million. Go to the bottom line. Just one app. 
Ceramics reduced over time. I'm afraid to go away from it because then it'll give me another one. Another. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't know. <laughs> stay, 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 stay where you are. Stay where you are. All right, here we go. Tulsi Gabbard thought a lot about this, of course, a former congresswoman from Hawaii, currently a lieutenant colonel in the Army Reserves. She joins us tonight. Congresswoman, thanks so much for coming on. Does what's happening in eastern Ukraine, whatever you think of it, constitute a core American interest, do you believe? Uh, no. Look at what Senator Wicker is saying. I want to go back to that for a second here, because anyone who would propose or even consider what he is saying as an option must be insane, a sociopath, yes. or a sadist. Because let's just understand here. So he's saying, let's go and launch a nuclear attack that would start a war that would destroy the American people, our country, and the world, and oh, also the Ukrainians, so that we can save Ukraine's democracy. I mean, it, it literally <laughs> is insane. And, and the crazy thing, Tucker, is Senator Wicker is not an outlier. He's the number two Republican on the Armed Services Committee. And you're hearing the same kind of rhetoric coming from Democrats and Republicans yes. in Congress, in the administration, and in the media who have no problem with this because they actually agree with it. They're pushing this same narrative uh, themselves. And this is why it is such a dangerous situation that we are facing as we are being pushed closer and closer very quickly, as you said, to a hot war, a nuclear war that would destroy the world as we know it. Over eastern Ukraine, I mean, the sad thing is in Washington, I mean, you served in the Congress, people like Roger Wicker are considered highly informed intellectuals. So, you know, America deserves better than Roger Wicker, I think it's fair to say. But they live in an airless world where they repeat back to one another, both parties, the same stupid talking points do they know how disconnected from reality this is? It, it, unfortunately, it doesn't appear to be the case. In, and this is just points to uh, their, their ineptness, their, their lack of a capability to really clearly see what the consequences are of their yes. rhetoric, of what the actions. And this isn't just, you know, empty words. There, there are consequences to leaders in our country, influential people in our country, to throwing things out like, a, a first-use nuclear attack is on the table. Uh, this directly undermines our national security. It directly puts the American people and our country and the world at risk, Tucker. And it, 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 it what are we trying to accomplish here? Because that well, will that, be the result. That's so that and this is a much longer conversation. But in a minute, why Eastern Ukraine? I mean, you can think of lots of parts of the world that are critical to our national interests, the shipping lanes in the South China Sea, for example, or lots of things. You could argue we have to defend this. But Ukraine? What? We've been talking about Ukraine for years. What is this? The thing that I see here, Tucker, that is, is the same neocons and neolibs in Washington yeah. who dragged our country into regime change wars in places like Iraq and Libya and Syria, the same ones who are pushing us very quickly into this war with Russia and never stating once, hey, what's our objective? What are we trying to accomplish here? And how does it serve our country's national security interests? Exactly. Not a single one of them are pointing that out. This is not some Stone Age land in South Asia. This is a real country with nuclear weapons and an actual army. Like these, <laughs> exactly. Too, too crazy. And, and by the way, they have more yes. nuclear weapons than we do. So thinking you're just going to launch a nuclear attack and not see a consequence that will lead to a nuclear war that destroys the world is, again, insane, inept, and, and I, I, I don't know how many more. 
Less stupidity be just crazy. Only lawyers. He's so uh, Wicker is such an informed member of Congress. Wicker's an idiot. He's a lawyer. They're all lawyers. Only a nation that has never fought a war of annihilation would produce such low-grade, bottom-of-the-barrel, scraping of the, of the toilet bowl leaders like John Wicker. Only a nation that has never faced a technological peer would be so callous and stupid and so loose with its mouth. You know, here's the tech. I mean, Putin, Vladimir Putin said it best. We have the capability that those who attack us using a missile strike, we have the capability of hitting them in minutes and wiping them off the face of the map before they even found out if their missiles that they've launched would even hit would e- would even hit their targets. <laughs> what are we going to do? Wow. First strike with what? <laughs> Minuteman missiles made in 1973? 20, I doubt that even 20% of them are even working. And what's a Minuteman missile going to go uh, against a hypersonic S-300 or 400 or even the vaunted S-500? Because your missiles will be neutralized. And then what are the Russians going to give us on the other end of that? It's called the Sarmat 2 and the Sarmat 1. What is what is the Sarmat? It is a nuclear intercontinental ballistic missile that carries at least 12 multiple reentry vehicles. Okay? MIRVs. 12 of them. And these, the, the, the Sarmat, is, it flies in hypersonic speed. I, I think the, the, the numbers are some insane, like Mach 17. Some insane hypersonic speed. You, we have nothing to shoot that thing out of the air with because it moves too fast. And right before impact, it does erratic maneuvers. It can, in other words, it can defeat any missile defense system in this generation or the next generation without any issues or problems. And one Sarmat can destroy the entire state of Texas. The entire state. Of Texas. Let that sink in. I guess uh, John Wicker didn't get that in his briefing notes, huh? If I were to brief Congress, man, I tell you right now, there'll be a lot less saber rattling. Because it's a circle jerk. The military industrial complex jerks off the congressman, the congressman jerks off the senators, senators jerk off the lobbyists, wash, rinse, repeat, money sloshed around, everybody wins and we lose. We lose, the American people. And this is what happens. It's absolutely preposterous. Absolutely yep. preposterous. Yeah, Avi, I, I can't help but think, Avi, and, and, and I have no, no proof of this, uh, you know, what whatsoever. Uh, yeah, Mach 20. Look... Ben, ben McCarthy, Good. thank you. Mach 20. Mo- in other words, if the Sarmat was launched from Moscow, it will hit New York in like two minutes. What do you, where can you run to in two minutes, Siege? Not very far. No, you, you bend over backwards, you kiss your own butt goodbye. That's what you do. Thank you, Ben. Love the avatar. I see the M5 avatar there. Respect. Go ahead, Siege. No, I just can't help but thank V that in terms of the uh, the prosecution that's currently underway with 
Giselle uh, Maxwell, that if there's any type of pressure that is being placed on some of the political establishment to to continue to push for uh, the, this this war narrative with Ukraine. Don't get me wrong; they can they can put completely completely separate. They they may not even have one to do with the other. Uh, but I but I cannot think for one moment in terms of some of the things that are unfolding, some of the things that are happening in that trial. And I said from the beginning that it was that that it's 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 more there for influence and to get people to cave, to get people to change their ideas about certain things unfolding. They'll be there to broker deals behind the table. I, I doubt if there eventually will be a prosecution. Um, I doubt if there'll be anything for the victims associated with it. And and I and I think that in part it's 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 trying to push for this war agenda and finding these individuals who are compromised and saying, listen, you need to you need to play by our rules or, or else here's what we're going to expose. You need to you, we, we want this war. We want you to do it now. You need to you need to play by our rules because we have all this information and it's going to come out in the courts. May, maybe Comey's daughter is there to run interference. Maybe she's there to 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 negotiate, to barter these things. Um, so again, I have no proof of that. Just, just the timing of these things, I think is just something to take note of. Oh, V, you're muted. Sorry. Just, I don't, I don't think I did that. You may have done an accident. Oh, but sorry it, about that. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. William Justice is right. V and Vela's, you'll love Smoothie X12. Valuable analysis. Yes, we, I love him greatly. It's Andre Martinov. He's uh, Smoothie X12. Amazing, amazing individual, former Russian intelligence officer, currently living in the United States. He has written three books. All three books I own. Um, the, the books are Losing Military Supremacy, uh, uh, The Real Revolution in Military Affairs, and uh, Disintegration. Those are the three books he's did. Uh, Losing Military Supremacy, I recommend people get it on Audible. Because the guy who narrates this does a phenomenal job. You're like riveted to it. Download it on Audible. I killed the book in like a day or two on Audible. It was amazing. I couldn't put it down. I couldn't shut it off. That was that that good. Uh, and I also have the physical copy as well. I have physical copies of all three. And I'm begging Andre to, to make a, 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 do an Audible for the other two. And we're going to have Andre Martinov on. It's just a matter of time. I'm a big fan. And uh, Andre Martinov, start with losing military supremacy. Start there. That book will blow your mind away. It will blow your mind away. The guy has so many notes, so many you know historical uh, um, uh, footnotes and, and, and various uh, white papers from various think tanks. The research analysis that he does is second to none. I mean, just phenomenal work. I am a huge fan of Andre Martinov. Huge fan. Love his work. Go ahead, Siege. Siege, did I lose you? Siege? No, I'm here, V. Sorry about that. My mute, my mute, but was still engaged. But no, there's a great, another great read that's over at the Saker uh, by Pepe Escobar, who breaks down the the conversation of what what really happened between uh, Putin and Biden. If if you're if you're listening or to the the U.S. narrative side of it, you're not you're not getting the details of it. So I'd I'd recommend checking that out. And then uh, we're another kind of a of a, a win, V. It is a win is that basically uh, Senate Democrats now have totally rebuked um, the idea of uh, Biden's uh, vaccine mandate. So yep. they actually joined forces with the GOP to 
to block a bill um, in regards to the, the vaccine mandate. So they're, they're seeing the writing on the wall. So that's, that, that's a good sign. That's a, that's a win. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, I guess, uh, anything else, CJ? Nope. That's all I got. That's all I got. Fantastic. And Valentina's right as well. We need to get Dmitry Orlov on the great Dmitry Orlov. I agree. Absolutely. Interview with the Western lack of intelligence. Uh, Chris Collier says, "Would like to see an interview with a Western lack of intelligence officer." Uh, I, I would, I would love to have one. I even called out uh, what's his name, uh, 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 Lieutenant uh, Colonel uh, Spalding, that guy, Spalding. He was on Valuetainment, and I asked any one of these guys, "Come get some, bring it." No, nobody wants to show up, bro. Nobody wants to show up to the gunfight. Because they understand their whole premise, their whole conditioning is BS. It's pure BS. It's fantasy. Like, yeah, I mean, imagine, Siege, that you're dealing with people. Imagine if you were dealing with people who actually believe that Dungeons and Dragons was was real. It's not just a game that people play in their basements or in these weird, in, or in the back uh, out, you know, in the back of the store in some weird comic book shop somewhere, right, with a bunch of nerds. But they actually believe it's real. That is the military-industrial complex. That is the think tanks. That is the senators. It is a vicious cycle of circle jerkers who are high on their own fantasy. And it only happens when your currency is world reserve status. Okay? That's about to change very soon and very quickly, and people are going to find out very quick how poor, blind, naked, and wretched we are as a country how we sold our birthright for a bowl of porridge that's all i gotta say and with that being said folks we're at the end of the show uh subscribe like comment share spread the word spread the love i recommend listen if you haven't done so already go to my order some stuff over there and also check out gus demons over at perpetualassets.com they do a great job it's almost the end of the year you want to think about moving your 401k and get Andre Martinov's book, Losing Military Supremacy. D- get, download the bloody Audible app if you don't have it and just listen to it. Listen to it while you're working. And then you listen to that. And then you and, and then I'm telling you, the conversations you will have with us on this show is an eye opener. And it will give you the proper global perspective. Also, read Pepe Escobar. Right, and also get Matthew Eretz's book. Matthew Eretz's book is phenomenal, phenomenal book. You know, and Alexander Chaikin, his book is fantastic as well. So you know, keep it locked here. Uh, I am talking with uh, Alex Christafu over at uh, the Duran. Uh, so we're going to be doing a, a, a Duran Rogue Confab as soon as we get things uh, set up. That that'll be fun, man. Alex Christafu and, and uh, Alex Mercurius, yeah, the Oracle of London, the Gorilla. Yep. Probably, oh my god, what a what oh my god, that's gonna be a show. Anyway, that being said, Siege, take it away. <laughs>